Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
dum-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee on the humble farmer, Scott Hamilton. Who doesn't play a lot of scales, like schooled musicians up and down? Actually has something to say. How nice to hear Scott Hamilton. Thank you for listening. Do you have brilliant friends who send you articles to read? And when you check out the credentials of the author... You discover that the entire scientific community believes that he or she is a quack. It is little things like this that remind us that being brilliant and educated doesn't keep one from being crazier than a hootie owl. If you think about this, as I did in the shower this morning, you might realize you might realize that a goodly percentage of your friends and relatives behave like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey in a TV sitcom loony bin. You'll hear your mentally challenged friends say, Hey, am I the only one in this world with any sense? Everyone but me is so crazy. Compare them with a rational man like me, for example. In me, you have a man who could never afford to have children. Yes, Humble knew he couldn't even afford to take care of himself. So he realized that he'd never be able to afford to feed and raise a nest of ankle biters. Here's a man with a social conscience. Talk about being different. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself if it were possible that you were a bit unbalanced? If you have never wondered if you were crazy, isn't that a good sign that you are?
McKinney's Cotton Pickers. I love it. One of my favorite songs. Nice bounce to that. Nice dance. <laughs> nice dance to it. Do you like to laugh? Humble farmer question of the week. Do you like to laugh? You've often heard that stress kills and laughter heals. I like to believe that laughter heals because for years, you know this, I stood before audiences and created an environment that was conducive to laughter. Please notice that I say I only created an environment that was conducive to laughter because you can't make anyone laugh. But listen to this. If I were to live my life over, I think I'd be one of those motivational speakers companies bring in, you know, to get more work out of their employees. Radio friend Tim White says, Motivational speakers appeal to the philosophy that the situation is serious but not hopeless. Let me say that again. Motivational speakers appeal to the philosophy that the situation is serious but not hopeless. Comedians take the approach that the situation is hopeless but not serious. <laughs> Motivational speakers spout platitudes that make median planners feel they're earning their money and motivational speakers get paid a lot more than those of us who simply generate laughter. Yes, you knew this, you knew. I was going to give you an example. The basic premise promulgated by touchy-feely motivational speakers is that there are no such things as problems, but only opportunities. You see, the problem is an opportunity to profit. Here's what we're talking about. You might have read about the Brunswick man who was enraged when someone beat him out of a parking place. He came back all fuming and boiling and scraped the paint off the car with his key. <laughs> and because this man, who was unable to control himself, was caught on a surveillance camera, everyone knows who this man is. Isn't this a great opportunity? Get it? Without any expenditure or effort, the main Tea Party has found their next gubernatorial candidate. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I pushed the wrong button. I knew I was going to make a mistake. Let me see if I can do this right. Ready? Go.
Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. And I am very cleverly setting my knobs and dials, so I will hopefully push the right button when I get done delivering this message to you. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer, by the way. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite station. Thank you again for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Of course, I would love to hear from you. On Martin Luther King Day, my mind turned to a man who stopped by the house last summer to buy some main humor CDs to give to his friend who was opening a play on Broadway. The man told me he was a writer. I'd never heard of Taylor Branch, but bought two of his books through Amazon and read enough in both of them to open my eyes. I don't think anyone could read Taylor Branch without having it change the way they look at the world. In the 1960s, bad things were happening to a group of people who were not allowed to learn how to read or vote, and very bad things happened to people who tried to vote the worst of which was being shot and having their homes burned down. Although that might have been easier than being hung by the arms on hooks and beaten in prisons. I suppose the hardest part of reading about these sick things that happened in this land of the free is realizing that in every age and in every land there are sadistic goons who enjoy beating people to a pulp or even enjoy simply talking about the cracking of knee joints. You just find it hard to believe that they're in your neighborhood and are people you know. You've never heard me tell this story. Around 1970, a black man applied for a job in Knox County. He was, of course, hired at once, no questions asked. Management knew that a bureaucratic roof would fall in if a black man was refused employment. Well, he turned out to be a great worker, but he quit after two weeks. The boss called him in, sweating in his shoes, of course, for fear that someone had said or done something to offend him and that the company would be fined by some government agency. The boss told the man that he was a great worker, he was sorry to see him go, and that he hoped that nobody had done or said anything to him that made him want to quit. The man said that all was well at work, but some of his neighbors in Walderboro told him that it might be a good idea if he wasn't living there tomorrow.
Do, 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 do. Clarence Williams. You've heard me say that I didn't discover Clarence Williams till I was quite late in life. Very, very uh, interesting. I always had good people working with him. Have you ever heard of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse? You can read about them in a book by Terry Pratchett. The book is called The Thief of Time, but I was introduced to it by Der Zeitdieb, the German edition, which is my morning morning reading. You remember that a Swiss man gave me this book. Although my German has room for much improvement, I understand that when the time for the end of the world arrives, death rides out on his white horse but has trouble rounding up his friends. Listen to this. War's wife is a type A controlling type woman who doesn't want war out galloping about where she can't keep him under her thumb. Chaos has reversed the letters in his name to Soak, and Ronnie Soak is running a milk route, which he enjoys, and because he's thinking about expanding to include ice cream on weekends, which he believes will increase his customer base and even be more profitable. So Ronnie... Soak is rather hesitant to ride off with death and leave the good thing that he is going. Pestilence. I I can't remember what Pestilence was doing, or perhaps I haven't got that far in the book, but anyone who has read of a couple of books by Terry Pratchett might well expect that Pestilence has become lax in his ways and will be found helping Mother Teresa cure lepers, doing something like that. If you are amused by mythology with a new twist, you'll probably like this book. The name of it is The Thief of Time, and it was written by the English author Terry Pratchett. And watch me push the right button here. Let's see if I got the right button here. There we go. 
anybody would think that Scott Hamilton was getting paid by the minute when he did that. You know, so they put that tag on there. I was all set to cut him off a minute before he was done. You are, of course, listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. I hope you won't cut me off before I am done with any luck at all. I'm here every week at this time. Playing old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. You might have read in the newspaper about the teenager who was so intoxicated that he was found passed out face down in the snow and had to be treated for frostbite. (laughs) Well, how many times have you heard your friends who smoke or drive motorcycles without wearing a helmet say, Oh, well... You gotta die from something. Earl Hines. You've heard me say many times that if you do not like the legislation Congress is passing for big business, go out and buy your own. Radio friend Peg says, I understand that the tax cuts to the wealthy haven't expired. The Koch brothers have had to lay off three congressmen, so you might pick one up at a discount. 
Scott Hamilton. Here on the Humble Farmer Wear with an Elegant All. You can hear me playing old fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you for listening, Daya. I'm the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here, just for you, is a little public service announcement that I feel obligated to pass along to you as, well, as a public service. I've been paying $4 and a few cents a month for my UMA telephone service for over two years now, but I recently heard about a phone service called Google Voice that claims to be free. And if this is true... The $40 or so it takes to pay for their magic box would pay for itself in UMA savings in less than 10 months in my house. And after that, I'd be paying nothing for my telephone service. Sounds good to me. It would be, well, same idea as the solar hot water heaters on the side of my house and the panels on my hen house that generate a good deal of my electricity. After they pay for themselves, and they will in a very short time, I'll get most of my hot water and my electricity for free. Ha, ha, ha. And so will the people who live in my house for the next hundred years or so. And that doesn't even count my nice warm office in the cellar that has the solar radiant heat in the floor. What? You didn't know that with a great deal of help from my friends, I single-handedly put solar radiant heat in my cellar? Anyway, I asked... I asked a radio friend to explain Google Voice, and he said, Google Voice is an internet telephone service, much like Uma. Any... No, I'm not going to do it. Well, I don't want to hear that. Who could it possibly be calling right in the middle of my radio program? I have no idea who that could be. What shall I do? Shall I unplug it? I guess that's what I'll do. Well, now I forget what I was talking about. Did I tell you that I put this solar radiant heat in my cellar single-handedly with a little help from my friends? Anyway, my friend, I asked my friend to explain this, and he said, Google Voice is an internet telephone service, much like UMA. Any Google... Gmail customer can sign up for free. I signed up several years ago. You pick out a phone number from a list of several hundred or thousand within your area code. You can send and receive calls with your computer via the Gmail Google Voice website. You can also send and receive calls by plugging a box into your internet connection. It's called OBHI. You plug your regular old telephone directly into the OBHI box and it works like a regular old phone. And then my friend mentioned several other services that go along with this Google Voice about cell phones and message forwarding that I know nothing about and care nothing about. And he continues, I never paid a penny for the Google Voice account or usage, as I call, within the U.S. I spent about $40 on Amazon for the OBHI box, which is convenient because it allows me to use the phone without a computer involved. The service quality is excellent. A one-time investment of forty dollars, and you have phone convenient phones, and you have convenient phone convenient phone service, with no monthly or annual charges. 
Anyway, because you are my friend, I pass this along to you as a public service for what it's worth. If you have anything good or bad to say about this, I am the humble farmer at gmail.com, and we'd like to hear from you. Isn't it great that in this free country I don't have to be selling some product for a sponsor on what used to be the public airwaves, but can help you by telling you about free energy from the sun and what I believe to be an inexpensive way to make telephone calls. Almost time to get out of here. Well, time for another comment here. Long time radio friend Peg, who knows more about clean living than anyone I know, says, I discourage the use of agave nectar. There are several reasons why it's an unhealthy alternative. The primary one being that it's 90% fructose, 10% glucose, and there I ate and there are a dozen plus reasons why fructose is downright dangerous and the main reason why fruit juice is bad for you. 
Fructose contains no nutrients, unlike maple syrup or honey, increases uric acid, reduces the sensitivity of insulin receptors, <gasps> is metabolized by the liver and converts to fat more easily than any other sugar. Fructose also raises serum triglycerides blood fat significantly. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now do you all see why HFCH? H? F.C.S. is such bad news? <laughs> no, I don't. And I honestly don't think there is one person in a hundred who understood what Peg said. If you want to educate me and teach me better eating habits, stick with sweet drinks, bad, water, good, and you'll have an audience. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.